0: It's, uh, it's a good day to be with you guys here um, in Republic. Um, it's, a, it's a joy and a blessing to be part of your worship gathering this morning. So, so thanks for um, having us here. Um, it's, we're, we're super thankful to be here. My name is Marcus Mackey, um, my wife Kayla, and our three kids, Eliza, Hattie, and Judah. Um, we are currently um, in process of planting a church in a community just outside of Denver called Indian Hills, Colorado. Um, and uh, let me tell you something, if you don't know what planting a church is, um, my son asked when we first told him, hey, we're going to go plant a church, he's like, so we get to dig in dirt? Like, like what's, what's going on with this? Um, well... We will probably dig in dirt, but not because we're planting a church. Um, uh, but uh, so, so planting a church, basically we, we are moving this community and um, by God's grace we are going to make disciples and as we make disciples um, Christ will build his church. Um, and so um, we're, it's by his grace and his grace alone that, that we're there now in the community. We've been there about a month And right now we're just trying to engage community and uh, figure out how to make disciples um, there. Um, So we're really excited. Um, our story of of coming to Indian Hills and how we arrived at this community we had never heard of um, was about a year ago. Um, My wife and I had been in Kansas City, Missouri for the last 10 years doing student ministry. Um, And as we were there, um, we just began to sense God calling us into a new season of ministry. And we really weren't sure what that meant. Um, And so we just said, okay, God, whatever you want, we're in. Um, we, we just open hands, wherever you lead, that's where we'll go. Um, and so we explored a lot of different options. We, we, we prayed about moving to India at one point in time. Um, our, our son is adopted from India. And so we are just Hey God, if that's where you want us to go do missions, that, that we'll do it. Um, but God, God closed that door and he, um, through that process, instead of India, he led us to Indian Hills, um, and so, so we heard uh, through, as we begin to network and pray, we, we heard about a church in Indian Hills that had closed its doors through a variety of reasons. Um, and when they closed its, their doors, there ceased to be any churches in that community. Um, so so about, you can draw about a 20-minute radius around Indian Hills, and that's about how far you have to drive to find a church. Um, and, and, so, and, and so as we began praying about, okay, there's this church building, and we're being asked to come and start a new church in this building. Um, what, what does that look like, God? And is this really what you're calling us to do? Because we, 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 really, we didn't want to go somewhere where we could throw a rock and hit, hit six other churches. And so that really resonated with us. But then to take it further, um, we began to learn that this community was about 90% unchurched. Um, so, so not only is there no churches to lift high the name of Jesus in this community, um, but also the chances of you running into a Christian at all are very slim. Um, and so, so we just said, okay, God, um, this, this is what this, we're pretty sure this is what you're calling us into. This is where we're going. Um, and so, so we, so we began to, uh, just say, okay, if this is where you're calling us, God just began to affirm that in us and that calling because really here's the end of the day. We believe that every community needs a church because every person in every community needs the life-transforming message of Jesus. And so, so that's, that's our hope. Our hope is to, to, as we're in Indian Hills, we're gonna lift high the name of Jesus and by his grace, lives will be transformed. Um, not because if we do anything special, not because of any special strategy we even have, um, but by his grace alone. Um, and, so, and so really, this is, this is what we're doing. And, and 90% on church sounds like a lot, um, but, but as we've been there in the last month, the, the, that, that those numbers represent real people. Um, and like just, just this last Thursday, I'm at a community coffee event and I sit down next to a guy named Brian and, and as I'm talking to Brian, uh, he, he begins to just tell me, he's like, Hey, you know, I grew up Catholic, um, but, but I don't really believe, you know, it's like, he's like, I can't look at the mountains and not acknowledge that there's some sort of higher power out there, but I don't know that I believe in Jesus and the whole Bible stuff. Um, and and we sat there for an hour and a half and we just had this discussion and he wrestled, his dad died when he was three and he's wrestled with the pain of that. Why would God allow that to happen? And and we're having those conversations with people. Um, there's, there's Nikki and Scott and N- Nikki and Scott are into meditation and yoga and, and pushing out the, the negative energy and, welcome, and new age kind of belief systems. Um, the people there are, are, are very spiritual. One guy was telling me he's like, hey, I used to be Catholic, but now I'm Buddhist. Um, like, like This is the people that, that we're encountering. And honestly, um, I don't know that I'm equipped to, 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 do, to do a whole lot, but God is powerful and his gospel and his word is powerful. Where I'm not equipped, the Lord is able to do. And so, so by God's grace, this is what we're doing, this is where we're at, and, and we are, by his grace, just going to continue to lift high in the name of Jesus and make disciples, and as we do that, um, we, are, here's, our, here's our big prayer, okay, this is our big vision prayer that we're just praying. We're praying that in one generation, so about, by 2050, that that 90% unchurched would flip and go to 90% churched. Now, like I say, that's only by God's grace. That's not because we're something special. That, that is God's grace alone. And that's what we're praying for. And so I invite you to pray with us that, that as we are in here uh, and we're trying to make disciples. And right now, one of the hardest things that we're having people do, a lot of people are excited we're starting a church, but but nobody's really all that interested in being a part of that church. Um, and so and so, just be praying for us. Um, pray that, that, that we would connect with other believers who would be willing to partner with us in the community to begin making disciples. Um, pray that that as we have these conversations with the spiritually disconnected, um, the, the, those who are disconnected from Christ, that that, that he, God's grace would be all over those, and we would see lives transformed um, through those conversations. Um, as we begin to invite people in our home for dinner, um, as we begin to just make those connections, just be praying for us in that. Um, and so, so yeah, we this is what we're doing. Um, and we're excited to, to be able to have churches like yours, um, praying for us and partnering with us to advance the gospel in a community where the gospel is not being advanced right now. Um, and so, so yeah, this is where we're at. Um, let me, uh, let me pray for us and we'll jump into our passage today in Joshua chapter six. Um, and so here we go. Father, we thank you so much for today. I'm so grateful and thankful to be a part of this, this wonderful church this morning and just to worship with them. Um, and I pray for them as a church family that, that as, even as we are here this week, weekend and as we leave this place, um, Lord, that you would continue to use them um, to make disciples right here in their own community, um, that, that you would give them the faith to follow you um, into whatever you call them into Um, Jesus, we just confess that we need you this morning. Um, We can't do anything apart from you. And so we pray that you would bless our time in your word. Um, I pray that your word would, um, would reign supreme this morning over the things I even say. And so Jesus, we just love you and we thank you and we praise you for who you are and all that you are doing in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, Joshua chapter 6, we're going to be hanging out today. Um, while you're going there, though, uh, just to tell you this story, uh, we were, uh, about two or three years ago, I was watching the NCAA men's basketball um, national championship. Anybody, March Madness fans in the room? Okay. Glad there's a few of you. I was afraid it was going to be me for a second. Um, so, so I'm watching the game, uh, the national championship game, and, and as I'm watching the game, I begin to notice that, that what the announcer was saying was not in alignment with what I was seeing on the screen. Like, like he would say, hey, the guy's, and the guy made the shot, whoever it was. He, he makes the shot, and the guy would be like dribbling down the court, right? Like, like, like what he was saying was not in alignment with what I was seeing. And there was, uh, as the more and more happened, okay, I was like, something is wrong here. Uh, and what I realized, is there was a lag in my connection. There was a lag in my connection from what I was hearing and the outcome that I was seeing. And, and so, so I began to do everything I could because is anybody, does that drive anybody else crazy, right? Yeah, it's super annoying, so I was just going to fix it. Um, and so I'm resetting the box. I'm, I'm doing lots of stuff. I'm turning the TV on and off. I finally give up. And I'm just like hitting the side of the TV, which is never a good plan, by the way. Um, and, and as I'm doing that, uh, I finally just give up. I, it's not fixing. It's not, you know, correcting itself. And I'm not that smart. So I, it's, it's just going to be what it is. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to enjoy the game with the lag. Um, but, but what I found was the longer I watched the game, the longer I watched the game, I found myself celebrating when the announcer would say something even though I hadn't seen it take place yet. I would find myself discouraged even though I hadn't seen the, the, the shot missed or the shot made. I would find myself excited based on the things the announcer was saying, not on what I was seeing. Not on what I was seeing. I... I think that this is similar to what we need to talk about today when it comes to faith and believing the Word of God even when we don't see the outcome yet. And so today I would just very simply want to talk about faith. And secondly, I want to talk about, I want to talk about faith and I want to talk about the disciple-making mission that God has called each and every follower of Christ to. Now, now we, we acknowledge that in Matthew 28, he's called us all as, as, as his church to, to go and make disciples of all nations. But I believe if you're a follower of Christ, that there is a specific disciple-making mission that he has called you to. So, so whatever sphere of influence he's placed in your life whether that's, just, that, that's your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, your, your, um, your school friends, whatever that is, God has called you to a specific disciple-making mission in your life. And it requires faith to step out into that mission. And so that's what we would just simply want to talk about today and Joshua chapter 6 is going to help us do that. And so Joshua chapter 6, we're going to pick it up in verse 1. It says this, it says, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. You see, here's what's going on. Uh, the, the, the people of Israel have finally, after 40 years in the wilderness, have finally crossed over the Jordan River. And they are now ready to take the land of Canaan, which God had promised Abraham all the way back in Genesis. Okay, So, so, so they, they, they are finally coming into this land in order to conquer it. But, but the problem is, is that the first city that they come to to conquer is this uh, city called Jericho. Now, Jericho was a, a, a military strategic city of this land. Uh, it, it was uh, impenetrable or thought to be impenetrable. And the people of Jericho have actually run in and they've locked themselves up in this, in this city. Um, it, it, like, just just give you some of the numbers that, that Jericho, it was thought of Jericho. Jericho um, was thought to have be surrounded by a great earthen earth embankment um, with a stone retaining wall at its base. The retaining wall was 12 to 15 feet high, um, and on top of that um, was a mud brick wall, which was thought to be at least 6 feet thick, and about 20 to 26 feet high. At the crest of the embankment was a similar mud brick wall, whose base was roughly 46 feet above ground level outside the retaining wall. This is the wall that, that, that you would see way off in the distance as you were coming up to Jericho. This, as you looked up, think about looking up, 50 feet, 46 feet, and just this wall just towering over you. Like, like this seemed like a humanly impossible mission that God had called the people of Israel to humanly impossible. How could they possibly take the city of Jericho? So, so we see here that, that it was a humanly impossible situation, but as we keep reading in 2 through 5, we, look at, we see even more. It says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once, before him. Everyone straight before him. The, 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 now, I'm not sure if you realize this here, but, but did you notice the battle plan? The battle plan is not a good battle plan if you're thinking in human terms. This is a humanly illogical plan. Like, just try to imagine this with me. Like, like you're, you're, you're Joshua, and you walk into his war room, or his war tent, um, and, and as he walks in, he's, his generals, his commanders, you know, they're, they're talking about, hey, what's the game plan here? What's the game plan? Uh, and one of them's like, here's, I got, I got it. We're going to build a lot of ladders. And we're just going to send guys up the ladders until we finally get in the city and can unlock the gate. And then we can storm the city. And another guy's like, no, that's a terrible plan. Too messy. Let, let's do this. Rather, than, let's build great catapults. And as we build these great catapults, we'll just tear the wall down that way. And then another guy's like, no, 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 let's not do that, let's just surround the city um, and wait them out, they'll starve to death, we'll we'll just do that. And then Joshua's like, guys, none of those are good plans, but I got it. This is is from God himself, so so follow me. We're gonna get the worship band together. (laughs) And we're gonna march around the city. For the first six days, we're just gonna go around once, but on the seventh day, we're gonna march around seven times. And then we're gonna shout really loud. And as we do, the walls are gonna come down and we're gonna take the city. That's a great, that, that's the battle plan. Now, no, no, you gotta, you've got, there's gotta be some skepticism and some doubt from his generals and his commanders, right? Like they're gonna, are you sure, Joshua? That doesn't sound like a very good battle plan. That seems illogical, that, that just honestly, it's dumb. Um, But, but here's the reality. Here's the reality. For some of us, the mission that God has called you to, the disciple-making mission that God has called you to, seems impossible. And maybe it even seems illogical. But we serve a God who is not bound by human logic or ability. We serve a God who is able to transform a heart with his word, which seems illogical, humanly speaking. And yet, this is what God has given us. He's given us his word, he's equipped us with his word to step into the impossible and the illogical to proclaim his name, wherever that is. And so, and so I, here, I, I, think, I think the reason a lot of us don't we're not more about the mission of making disciples where God has placed us in the everyday mundane things of life. I think we're afraid of failing. I think we're afraid of falling short. I don't feel equipped enough. I don't feel like I know enough. I feel like I'm gonna mess up. It feels scary. It feels impossible. And yet... We see over and over again through in Scripture, where God uses ill-equipped, ill-fit people to advance His glory and His name. And I want to like just if I can just be honest with you, like I I relate to those feelings. Like in ten years in student ministry, I was not a cool guy. Students did not think I was cool. Like I never understood their, their lingo very well. Like they would say things like yeet, and I'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm confused. Now that we're in, in, in Indian Hills, Colorado, and, I, and I'm talking to these people who are very spiritual, but so far from God. I feel ill-equipped. I feel uh, unable to, to, do, to do what God is calling me to do there. It doesn't make a lot of sense that he would call a a kid from Texas who grew up in church, who went to Bible college in Springfield, Missouri, who spent the last 10 years working on a church staff in Kansas City to go to these people who are far from God and have little to no church background. And yet, this is what God has called me to. This is what God has called my family to. And it's scary and I don't always feel the best about it and yet this is where I'm going because even though I don't know what the outcome is going to be, I have faith in the one who has called me to do it. And so, so what, as, I've kind of, as we continue on here, I, I, I want you to be thinking, okay, what is that disciple-making mission that God is calling me into? What is that disciple-making mission? And I want to try and hopefully encourage you in that as we continue on here today. You see, see, at the end of the day, it's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of perspective. Let's read verse one again here in chapter six. It says, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside, because of the people of Israel, none went out and none came in. None came in and none went out. And so, so we have this perspective change, right? From the Israelites' perspective, this is a, an, an impossible situation. This, does, this doesn't seem possible that God could possibly be calling them to take this city of Jericho. And yet, what we see here. What we see here is that God has already been going before them. God has already been going before them. You see, the people are shut up inside the city because they are afraid, because of the people of Israel. You see, if you were to look back into chapter two, you would get more of this picture um, when the spies encounter Rahab. But Rahab tells the, the spies that, hey, we have already heard about the God who has freed you from slavery in Egypt. We have heard about the God who delivered you across dry land, across the Red Sea. We have heard about the God who has been at work on your behalf and we are terrified. You see, the people of Israel themselves are not all that special. They are not a well equipped, well trained army. Like, if you think about what they've been doing, right, they've been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. They weren't training for battle. Before that, they were slaves in Egypt, which means they, they, they built stuff and they were farmers. Like, they, they don't have a lot of great weapons. So the the, the people of Canaan who are probably better trained, better prepared for battle, are afraid of the people of Israel, not because of the people of Israel themselves, but because of the God in whom the people of Israel serve. And And so it's a matter of perspective. We can step into the impossible situation that God is calling us into to make disciples because we don't always understand how God has already been going before us how God has already been preparing the people he is calling us to for his word and for the gospel. We don't always fully comprehend that or we also step into that not knowing how he, what he's going to do after we've already been doing that. We don't know who, who we might be preparing the way for, who's coming after us. And so we can step into the impossible knowing that God is with us that God goes with us. If you look in Matthew 28, what's Jesus' promise, right? He says, as you go make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded, he says what? There I will be with you. Where will he be with us? When we're making disciples. And so we can step into the disciple-making mission knowing that God goes with us in that disciple-making mission. Secondly, though, as we, let's look back here in verses two through five. This is a matter of perspective still. Verses two through five again, it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You see, from God's perspective, this is already a done deal. You shall march around the city You shall, so so I, I have already done this. I have already given Jericho. I have already given you the king. I have already conquered this city. I have already done it. Now you shall do this. You shall march around the city. You shall do this for six days. You shall bear seven trumpets. You shall march around the city. You shall blow the trumpets, and you shall shout with a great shout, and the city will fall down flat. You see, God says, I have already done this. I have already done this, now you will go do this. You see, as followers of Christ, when we step into that disciple making mission, we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. We don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. Because in Christ, you have everything you need to make disciples. Like in Jesus Christ himself, in his word, you are fully equipped to make disciples wherever you are, wherever he has placed you, with whomever he has put in your life. Like like if you're like, Marcus, I don't really know how to make disciples. Well, if you have kids, here, let me just give you a really simple thing. If you have kids, a great way to make disciples, if you know how to read, you can open up your word and just read them the Bible. You're making disciples. You can prioritize gathering with the body in your life. You're making disciples of your family. Like like making disciples is not a complicated um, algebra math problem. Like thank the Lord because I'm terrible at math. Making disciples is simply saying there's Jesus. This is who Christ is. Let him take that weight. Let him carry that for you. Look to Christ. Look to Christ. It's just pointing people to Jesus over and over and over and over and over and over again. This is what it looks like to make disciples. And in Christ, we have all that we need to make disciples. And let me me just talk about outcomes for a second. Because here's what I, I think outcomes is the reason a lot of us are fearful of doing this. I think we're, we're, we're afraid of failing. We're afraid we're not going to do it right. We're, we're afraid it's, it's not going to work out. And, we, we, and, and let me just tell you, God is not pleased with the outcomes you produce. He is pleased with the faith and obedience to his word. Like, 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 like nowhere in scripture does, does God say, hey, I, you got to produce this outcome or I'm not happy with you. No. He says, hey, follow me. Point people to me. He's pleased with faith, not outcomes that we produce. Like, I, so I, had, a, I had a youth pastor who, um, just great, credible youth pastor, and he left our church to go and plant a church um, and so, so it's, I've, I've just kept this in the back of my mind. And and, and so he went, he was so confident, so sure God had called him to go plant this church. Um, and, and as he went, he was there for about four years. And after four years, he had to walk away because it just, it, it, it was, it was a failure. And I remember talking to him afterwards, after it failed and said, Hey, help me understand this, because you were so confident that this was what God had called you to. You were so sure that he had called you to, to plant this church and, and, and to reach people. for God. Like, you were so positive. What happened? Like, like, how could God call you to something and it not work out? And not be successful? How could that be? And, and I remember him telling me, He said, Marcus, sometimes God calls us to things not because of what he wants to do through you, but what he wants to do in you. God sometimes calls us to things not because of what he wants to do through you, but what he wants to do in you. You see, God is far more concerned with our holiness than our happiness. That that, that when he calls you out to step out in faith into whatever that is for you, He calls you to do that, not just because of what he wants to do through you, but because of what he wants to produce in you. And he wants to produce Christ in you. And we we, we can't do that if if we're not willing to step out in faith. We miss out on what God wants to produce in us when we don't step out in faith. And and I think, I think when you think about outcomes, I think one of the things we have to remember too about the mission of God is that at the end of the day, it's God's mission, right? Like it's not my mission. It's not your mission. It's God's mission and he loves his mission more than I love his mission. And so, so we, can, we can step out in mission knowing that, that he's going to do and accomplish exactly what he wants to do. That he doesn't actually need me at all, but I get to be a part of it anyway. Listen, we just got, we, we've got to stop making excuses for why we're not making disciples. We got to stop justifying why we're not doing this. How, like, like just think about, like I, th- I think about the first time I got to lead someone to the Lord. I was in fourth grade. I got to lead a classmate to the Lord. Um, and, and I think, ab- I think back to that sometimes. And I think about the things that I said and the things that I did and the, the way I tried to do that. And, 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 and let me tell you what, I would not recommend that strategy to anybody. Like, it was a very messed up and broken thing, and yet God still used that to lead Jamie to the Lord. Like, like, like God doesn't need our perfection. He needs us to just step out in faith and allow him to use us however we are, wherever we are. Like, like, like just, just use what you got, start where you are, and just step out in faith. Like, I think about, um, I think about my kids when they were learning to walk, okay? Um, My kids are there, learn to walk, right? Like if you've ever seen a kid who's just learning to walk, like what do they do? They they, they take one or two steps and then they fall down, right? Let me tell you what what I didn't do. When my kid fell down, I didn't walk up and smack him on the back of the head and say, why can't you figure this out? I, I don't get it, I can walk, your mom can walk, your brother can walk, what's going on? Aren't you smart enough? And yet many of us, many of us, this is what we think God is ready to do to us as we learn to take these steps of faith. We think God's gonna smack us on the back of the head and be ashamed of us because we didn't get it right, because we fell down, because because we messed up. But no, what, what do we do when our kids take those steps? We, we stand up, we're celebrating, we're excited for them because they're taking steps and I believe that that is the heart of the Lord towards us. That as we take these steps of faith in the disciple-making mission that God has placed in front of us, he's celebrating with us and he knows, oh, well, that was a bit of a mistake, but let me help you up, let's keep going. God's not there to smack you on the back of the head. He's excited for us. We are as children. We get to step out in faith. We get to step out where we are as we are. And guess what? As we take steps, what do we do? We we get stronger. We we, we learn how to walk. We learn how to run. The more you begin to step out in faith and make disciples wherever you are in the mundane, everyday stuff of your life, the more that we do that, the better you get at it the stronger you become, the more natural it feels, the less concerned you are with um, making somebody mad at you. And we continue to step and we continue to walk based on who God is. Based on who God is. Like, I think we just have to, to, to understand that this sometimes doesn't look like taking the walls of Jericho either. Sometimes this doesn't look like moving to India and becoming a missionary. Sometimes it doesn't look like moving to Indian Hills, Colorado and planting a church. Like It it can, and you should pray about, okay, is God calling me into that? But but I think God is calling everybody that follows him to be engaged where they are, in their neighborhoods, in their schools, in their uh, places of work, in their families, that is where God has called you to right now. And you are called to step out in faith in those places and make disciples. And it's not always super, super romantic in nature. It's, it's often boring and mundane looking. And yet, I believe that it's in the, in the consistent, boring, and mundane, everyday stuff of life that God really uses to, to, to change and transform lives. Like, 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 if I can just help you think differently, like, like how can we think intentionally wherever we are? Like when, when I go to the grocery store, how, does I, how do I use a trip to the grocery store as a disciple-making mission? How do I, how do I use, the, when my kids are at the park playing with other kids, how do I use that as a way to connect with other parents and have conversations about Christ. Like, like in the, my wife and I, there's, there's a park that, that, that sits right behind the church building where we're planting. And, and two or three times a week, we're just down there. And our kids are running around being crazy. And they're running around with other kids and being crazy. And my wife and I have had opportunities to just have conversations. That, that's where we've met a lot of these people. Just where I just at the park. And, our, and we're just saying, okay, we're going to go and say hi to this parent and introduce ourselves, And see where the conversation goes. And I've, I've, I've learned a lot about people's spiritual um, places in life because of that. My wife's way better at it than I am, you know? But how can we be intentional about stepping out in faith wherever we are, wherever we are? And so that's that's my encouragement for you today. As, as you begin to, to, to think and to pray, and we could, really, there's a lot of cool things about faith here we could talk about. We could talk about Rahab's faith as we, if we were to keep reading through here, and we could talk about how her faith, how her faith led to her being part of the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter one. It would be, there's a lot of cool stuff here in this chapter. But this is what I want us to focus on today. Are you being intentional where God has called you and placed you? even though it seems impossible, it seems illogical, it seems scary, you maybe, maybe you don't feel well-equipped for it. Are you willing to step out in faith in spite of those things, trusting the voice of the Lord rather than the outcome you can see? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I'm so thankful to, to just be, be here today and just to be able to open up the word and um, to worship. Um, with this wonderful church, um, I, I pray and I ask, Lord, that as um, as all of us um, walk out these doors today, that, that that we would really wrestle with what you are calling us into and where you are calling us to live out our faith. That, that we would be willing to take those steps of faith, um, trusting in you. And so, Father, we just confess that we need you today. Um, we really do. Um, May we be desperately dependent on you in all these things. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name, amen.